following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another journey together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. We're heard on 19 stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. The Michigan fan base is going crazy. You know why? Because about 10 days ago, at this time, they were still about an hour away from kickoff. They were in the college football playoff semis. They had destroyed Ohio State, beat Purdue, back-to-back wins over Ohio State and Big Ten champions. And then they go lay an egg and have a god-awful first half. Coaching, play calling, J.J., go down the list. Defense, you name it. And then they put up a third and fourth quarter where if they played that way to begin, they would have hung 60 70 on TCU. TCU's defense was that bad. I talked about it before that game. And you saw last night. So the Michigan fans are going crazy. Georgia beats TCU 65-7. And they drop an egg in that first half in the desert. I don't know if Harbaugh was saving his plays. Remember, we said this all season against quality opponents. Hey, when you get unleash the offense... And they would do it in the second half. And it caught up to them. Oh, and what Georgia do with Stetson Bennett? Which sounds like a cross between a soap opera actor and something I'm going to spray on me before I go out on a love date. What are you wearing? I'm wearing Stetson Bennett. They run the damn quarterback. They get to the edges. You're listening to Herb Street talking about take advantage of the way TCU over pursues. And that's what Georgia did. And then it was game over. Midway second quarter. Halftime for sure. So you ask yourself, Michigan has a quarterback who's faster than Stetson Bennett. And they didn't run him on the goal line twice. They didn't have design runs until the third quarter. 
that. I'm watching that game, and it is just pissing me off. Because you saw Michigan in the second half. They could have matched Georgia, just like Ohio State did. And Ohio State should have won, right? And yet the Michigan fans, some of you, you, you live in denial. You do. You're watching that game going, well, at least we beat Ohio State. Okay, because this is where you're at. And I'm cool with it as a fan. You have a right to to set a bar, whatever you want. Michigan has beat Ohio State twice in a row. They've won back-to-back Big Ten titles. And in my mind, they were embarrassed for six of the eight quarters of the two semifinal games they played in. Embarrassed. Georgia last year and TCU first half this year. And guess what? They're preseason number two or three in these way-too-early college football polls that come out right after the last game. It happens every year. They're number two or three in the country. So while I complain, or you complain, or Michigan Nation on Twitter complains, you have a team that's back in the hunt for the college football playoff and the national championship again. So what's missing? I'll tell you what, the, the Harbaugh, Aaron, between Aaron Rodgers and Harbaugh after every season, Rodgers, I don't know if this is it. You know, Harbaugh, oh, I'm, I'm going to do a virtual interview with the Broncos when he, you know, February 5th, 2022 said, hey, this won't be a recurring thing. I got the quote. I'll read it later. I mean, I'm just tired of it. You're, you're Harbaugh. Say you're going or not going. You know, players are coming back. He did a virtual interview, so I keep saying I think he's staying. I do. Blake Corum, you don't think Blake Corum would sit down with Harbaugh and say, are you coming back? If you are, I'm coming back, right? And some other guys have declared for the draft. So you get Morris, you get Mozzie Smith, the Wolverine.com's been all over it. I think this constant daily headlines isn't good for Michigan football, and it wasn't good last year for recruiting. But look at the season they had. So all of us experts are saying, oh, my God, the program's going to be in disarray. We said that last February. All the recruiting services said it. And what they do? They went undefeated, beat Ohio State, killed them in Columbus. Won another Big Ten title. Yeah, they had a god-awful half that cost them a shot at Georgia. I don't know if they would have beat Georgia last night, but I'm telling you, that wouldn't have been 65-7. to Georgia called up their freshman team. They were at a calf roping exhibition in Scottsdale, and they flew over to play the second half. Don't ask me why a freshman football team is doing calf roping exhibitions in Scottsdale. It's the South, and I don't ask questions. So Harbaugh, just, you know, make a decision. Let people know you're staying. Personally, if I just had back-to-back years like that, and the talk came out, hey, I'm flattered, but I'm staying. And his cryptic message from last Friday left the door open. So, I again, is there an exodus of players? You know, Schoolmaker, Smith, Morris, I... I don't think that's based on Harbaugh, Quorum coming back. I'm telling you, I would think Blake Quorum would knock on Harbaugh's door, call him, text him, Snapchat, whatever it is, TikTok, 
sing a little song like, yo, coach, you leaving. Yo, coach, you leaving. I'm staying if you're staying. <laughs> I'm leaving if you're going. Bust me out a rhyme because I'm TikTok showing. Uh, off that rap, let's go rap with Chris Ballas with the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider. Chris, is it just a circus uh, since really the the first half of TCU? It's just been borderline, uh, almost like it's a sitcom or Netflix series. It's like last year, frankly, man. What happened last year was Jim Harbaugh said his goodbyes. Everything we were told you was true. He said his goodbyes. He thought for sure that he had that job locked up and went up there with the intention of signing an art, uh, an, a, a contract with the Minnesota Vikings and went up there. And as the athletic reported, what we first reported and what the athletic reported yesterday was he did not do well in the interview. And at some point in that interview, Minnesota's like, we aren't going to hire him. So we're going to go in a different direction. Now, uh, at this point, how much NFL interest is there really? Uh, we see the report that Denver is, yes, uh, has talked to Jim Harbaugh for two hours. We still don't think he's the leading candidate, even though there was a report out there that he is one of the leading candidates. It sounds like it's still going to be Sean Payton, and I don't think they can interview him until the 17th. But it certainly seems to me that Jim Harbaugh has an NFL itch, and we've talked to people close to him who said that last year. They're saying the same thing this year that he still has that NFL itch that he wants to scratch. And I understand that. The problem is, is it's kind of holding the program hostage here, Bill, as you said. And the recruiting class this year was not what it should have been coming off back-to-back Big Ten championships. And you're going to have that uncertainty for 2024. You can get away with one, especially when you when you actually supplement it with some outstanding kids from the transfer portal, but you can't really get away with two. You need your playmakers like the Blake Corums, and the Donovan Edwards and the J.J. McCarthy's, and you're not going to get them if you keep doing this every year. So uh, at some point, there's got to be a come-to-Jesus moment between the administration and Jim Harbaugh and say, what's going on here and what can we do to make this go away? And I think they've been trying to do that. So lots of uh, moving parts here, but certainly never a dull moment at the Wolverine.com. I can promise you that. I mentioned before I came to you, Chris, and Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com joining us. You can follow everything Harbaugh, Michigan offseason, Michigan hoops, and more at TheWolverine.com. That for Blake Corum to say, hey, I'm ready to run it back, don't you think he would talk to Harbaugh first before he announced that? He did talk to Harbaugh, and he actually went on the Rich Eisen show and said I did not tell him. Uh, he did not tell me what he was doing. He said uh, I didn't really ask. I think I'm sure they probably talked about it, and I think Jim Harbaugh is saying the same thing that he's planning on being back at Michigan, but he always leaves that door open, right? No man knows the future and everything else and always leaves that door open. I expect to be back at Michigan, and everybody was like, oh, there it is, he's staying. I'm like, that doesn't mean squat. It means that he expects to be back, but if he gets a great offer, you know, or if Michigan doesn't show him the love, and I think they are. I think President Santa Ono is an absolute rock star. I've talked to people about him. Uh, you wouldn't believe how involved he is and how much he cares about Michigan Intercollegiate Athletics. He actually told some one of my good friends about that, that same thing today. And um, this guy is uh, committed to making it happen. And, and you need to keep your Hall of Fame coaches, Bill. You and I have talked about this, and, and I understand there's only so much you can do, but if you've got those guys and you've got something special, then you need to do everything in your power to keep it. I think he understands that as much as anybody. So hopefully they're working to that end, Bill. But at the same time, 
if Jim Harbaugh's heart isn't in it, it's not about the now. They're going to have a great team next year, too. We know that. They're going to be one of the top four teams in terms of odds to win a national championship. It's about the future. It's about keeping this thing going and keeping the program going and what's going to happen in two and three years, not just the immediate future. I go back to February, I think it's 5th, 2022. I think Jeff Seidel, a Detroit Free Press uh, story, a quote from Harbaugh after the uh, Vikings job fell through. This is Harbaugh's words. I called Ward and I asked him if he wanted me to be the head coach. And he said, yes, 100%. And I said, okay, then that's what I want to do. And I told him, Ward, this will not be a recurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> so, and guys. Oh, thank right you, thank you, Inspector Ballas. <laughs> <laughs> and guys have the right to change your minds. You know, John Beeline, as I've said many times, one of the most honest men I know. You know what? It was. Uh, you know what? He was done with it until he changed his mind and decided he wasn't. And, and I don't begrudge him that. He said, "Hey, you know, here's an opportunity right here. I can drive." It's halfway between my kids in New York and my home in Ann Arbor, and I can give it a shot, and they're wanting me to do it. So I think he changed his mind back and decided, hey, especially with the way that his season ended where he lost a couple guys. He was on the recruiting trail for 30 days in a row and on planes, and he said, you know, it was too much. He'd just been coming off the heart surgery. So guys have the right to change their minds. And if you look at the changing landscape of college football and what's going on with NIL and what head coaches have to do these days, they're all fed up. I can promise you Ryan Day's fed up. I can tell you, you know, maybe not a Kirby Smart, you know, who's getting guys delivered to him, you know, via Amazon or whatever, you know, and that's been going on at, at Alabama and Georgia forever, so they don't have to quite work as hard no matter what anybody says. That's just the way it works. It's getting tougher and tougher. If I had a choice to be a an NBA or an NFL head coach compared to what these guys are dealing with today, I think there's no question what I would do. So, uh, I don't begrudge him that. The problem is right now it's hurting the program a little bit. So is Michigan going to have some tough decisions to make? And I do think that Blake Corum's decision was independent, and he actually said that of what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. And I think it's because they believe that if it's not Jim Harbaugh, it'll probably be somebody like Sharon Moore. That's what we're hearing inside the building is if Jim Harbaugh does decide to leave, these kids will be all behind Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive line coach and offensive coordinator, to replace him, and they'd be just fine with that. Yeah, and also I talked about this last Friday that the players have stronger connections to assistants than they do to the head coach. Most players do at big D1 programs. They do, and they do love Jim Harbaugh, and you can sense it. You can sense it in the post-game interviews and how they talk, and after the Ohio State game, we saw it, you know, a lot of uh, lovey-dovey stuff there. And after the uh, TCU game as well, uh, or after the Big after the Big Ten championship game, um, they said, hey, we love our coach, and you could sense it. But at the same time, uh, as Bo Schembecker once said, no man is bigger than the program, no coach is bigger than the program. So he's going to have to make a decision and say, hey, you know what, if this doesn't work out for me, uh, do I want to be here, and can I sign this long-term deal with a huge buyout to uh, ensure that this doesn't happen again? Because I think that's going to be part of this. If I were the Michigan administration, I would say this is what we need. We need to make sure that uh, we have a huge buyout for you and so that we aren't going through this every year. Otherwise, it's just going to hurt the program. It is a clown show between Harbaugh and Aaron Rodgers after every season. Really, the last three, four years, it's like, stop it. Just to either, and I, I get it. He has a right to do what he wants to. And 
the Broncos could be playing him without without an actual flying a you know Walton jet in there uh, to bring him in. That they're waiting for Peyton uh, to be able to yep. interview, and if he decides he doesn't want it, Harbaugh's a fallback. So they going to let this linger for a couple of weeks without Harbaugh just saying, "Yeah, thank you, Broncos. I have no interest. I'm staying at Michigan." I mean, I I'm looking at there's not massive defections, right? More more of guys expected, you know, Schoonmaker, Mozzie Smith, Morris, what I've read. These are guys that probably were going even if Harbaugh announced right after the game he was staying, right? Exactly, hundred percent. DJ Turner is a guy though that might have, you know what, um, might have come back and and uh, these, let's be honest too, these kids want to get paid. Guys like Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards is thrilled that Blake Corum is coming back, but I can promise you, he's looking at guys like Andrew Anthony that are leaving and saying, wait a minute, this kid's going to get like a quarter million dollars to go somewhere else when he's played, you know, caught 10 balls last year. And, and here I am as a huge part of this program. And, and I'm not going to get that here. So uh, they've got some work to do in that area too. And that's another part of this coaching thing. You know, you, that's, that's another thing that you have to be involved in is dealing with collectives and making sure that these kids are taken care of with NIL opportunities. And again, there are some things in the works that are coming down the pike here that are going to be uh, very, very good and very lucrative, lucrative opportunities for Michigan student athletes. But it's just one more thing you have to worry about. So you know what? I can't fault Jim Harbaugh, but at the same time, as I've said, man, uh, you know what? And and to, and to be fair, Bill, it's been really just these last two years. It hasn't been the two years prior. It's just been these last two years. Jim Harbaugh, when all these other rumors were starting, he put them to bed and he said, you know, it's jive turkeys or whatever. And he came out and flat out said, I'm staying. But what he said last year was after seven years, he said, I told them I would give them seven years. I honored that. And, and I have that NFL itch. And, and it is hard for that thing to go away unless you scratch it, Bill. Well, yeah, it would be the last two years of, uh, yeah. you know, openly talking about the NFL. Yeah. The previous year was the drama on taking so long for the contract, which right. Michigan was maybe behind closed doors thinking if they wanted to continue with hardball, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair, and uh, and I think that Ward Manuel went to bat for him, but uh, at the same time, Jim Harbaugh, you know, viewed as a, as a slap in the face. And here's the thing: it, now that we see, you know, what the COVID year was, you know, what it was a write-off, as everybody said it was. And you know, you're two and four. They weren't practicing half the time. Yeah, half the time, some guys were, some guys weren't. You had opt-outs and everything else. It was a mess. It was almost like an exhibition season. So. Uh, I give Ward Manuel credit for not really holding that against him. At the same time, Jim Harbaugh's thinking, well, that's a throwaway year. I'm still one of the best coaches in football. You look where the program is compared to where when I took over. And uh, and to cut my salary in half, I can promise you that didn't sit well. You know, we've talked to enough people um, to know that that's a fact. So uh, we're not saying that there's some kind of a great relationship between Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh either. So, uh, But these are all things that, you know what, if, if it were 30 years ago and it was just newspapers, we wouldn't know any of this, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. But every little piece of information is disseminated now, and we have to comment on it. And, and we go on our, your show and tell you what's going on behind closed doors. And every day seems to be an adventure. And it's like we said, it's like a carnival. But you know what? Uh, these things tend to play out. And like you said, last year we were having the same conversation and what happened. Jim Harbaugh came back. They win their second straight. They were going out on Columbus for the first time. So... If this is resolved in the next week or two and it doesn't hurt recruiting too much, then you move on and you say, okay, just another another year in the in the life of the Jim Harbaugh saga. And I think he has some angst and anxiety in the media with fans that you yep. watch TCU's defense, you look at what they've given up in the last six quarters, 
of the college football playoff. I think it's over a hundy or right close. Uh, yeah, over a hundy uh, that they've given up. And you're wondering if Michigan just has a decent first half. They're in the 50s, if not 60s, against TCU with an easy win. And you looked at Ohio State where Georgia needed a miss by the Buckeyes to move on. And that that would have been a better game. I get Georgia has athletes. Mm You know, but, you know, and Stetson Bennett running for two touchdowns early. And I'm thinking, yeah, J.J. McCarthy with better wheels than him. And you didn't do design runs until the third quarter. And you're on the goal line twice. And how do you not have J.J. keep it and tell him to just go sprint to the corner? I I, Again, I you know, what what that TCU game was, and it came to life watching them just get drubbed last night. And that's where I think all this angst and – uh, this back and forth, and then hardball mixed in doesn't help that, right? It just more more gasoline on the fire. That Michigan season was about not showing their playbook or kind of, you know, not full throttle in the first half or halves, plural, and then they would turn it on the second half, in which they did against TCU, but the problem was uh, it was the college football semifinal, and you got down and you had mistakes, and J.J. didn't look comfortable. Your play calling, the bubble screen, fullbacks coming in as you know goal line running backs. I mean, my God, just I look at Georgia. I look at Kirby Smart. He, he put that, uh, what TCU did all year with Duggan, uh, he did it with Stetson Bennett last night. And, and they should have done that with J.J. running more if he wasn't comfortable passing, right? Yeah, they should have. And, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. They had 45 points, and you had uh, two two times inside the two-yard line, including one oh. first down, where say, say you kick the field goal on the first one. You should have 10 more points. So you're looking at 55 points. So we can blame the offense all we want to. Uh, I'm going to look at that crappy defensive performance more than anything and and the fact that J.J. McCarthy threw two pick sixes. You are not going to win a football game against a solid football team if you throw two pick sixes. Mm. So um, that's the disappointment to me. I think they were in, went in there overconfident. Uh, there was no question. I was looking at Georgia's offensive line again, and no disrespect to Michigan's Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. Georgia had a better offensive line the last two years than Michigan did. I see five guys out there moving guys like Michigan's best Olu Oluwatimi did and built like him. And I'm thinking, man, uh, would it have been a repeat of last year? Would Michigan have been within two, three scores of this team? I think Ohio State's a better matchup for them because they had an elite thrower and they had elite receivers that could move the ball. And that that's how you move the ball in Georgia. We saw LSU have success through the year against uh, against Georgia. They just couldn't stop them. So, and so I think that's a better matchup for Ohio State than it is for Michigan. That's what it's all about. You can't play the, the, the transitive property game. Well, TCU lost 65-7, to so Michigan should have done this and this and that because we saw what Michigan did to Ohio State. We've seen different games this year where Ohio State struggled with a team. Maryland, for example. Uh, you know what? And in the past, you just can't do it. It doesn't work that way. It's about matchups. I don't think Georgia was a great matchup for Michigan because they don't have the elite receivers to exploit the secondary, which was a little bit weaker. And I don't know if they would have been able to run the ball on Georgia. So, and certainly that defense, if they couldn't hold up against TCU, and let's be honest, TCU did better in the trenches than we expected them to against Michigan. Uh, Michigan would have had a, had trouble with Georgia in the trenches again. Those guys are they're five stars. They are they are great athletes in the trenches. And that's where the difference is half the time. So regardless, you wanted to take that next step, Bill, and get to that championship game, win or lose, then you can say you took one more step towards it. But I'll also say this, back-to-back top three AP finishes for the first time since, what, the point-of-minute teams in the early 1900s. 
you're not going to be hearing me complain too much about that. And with all the complaining, the back and forth, the hardball watch, uh, watching TCU, thinking about what happened in that first half in the desert. And I agree with you, the defense didn't step up in the second half when Michigan's offense came alive against TCU. That's a great point. But with everything being discussed on this show, uh, at thewolverine.com, on your message boards, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, uh, Michigan, way too early ESPN top 25 college football poll, Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Alabama 4. Yep, and that's about probably how it should be, right? Yeah. There you go, right? I mean, for yeah. all this, yeah, that's why the hardball thing, for a team that should, you know, you're hoping with experience and J.J. learns, and we said that last year after Georgia, that's why they went to J.J. instead of Cade because they wanted to go that next level is that you hope, uh, A, there's not major injuries, but that Harbaugh would see this and say, okay, I'll entertain the NFL next year because the only job that I think you could be a playoff team in next year would be with Russell Wilson in the right situation in Denver. It's not going to happen with Carolina. It's not going to happen with Indy. Arizona possibly, but you don't know Kyler Murray's knee. If he tore his ACL, does he lose his speed? But... You know, gosh, look at Michigan. Preseason number two, way too early, top 25, 2023 college football poll. And there's Ohio State losing a quarterback. I'm going to lose Marvin Harrison Jr., and they're still yep. number three. But that tells you about the depth they have with their four and five stars. They do. Uh, they always reload, and they're going to be very good. And they're going to come in here. Michigan will be favored this year. So <laughs> it's going to be a different dynamic, right? Michigan went down there as an underdog. Michigan was an underdog two years ago. So... Uh, and, and there's no question, especially with the transfer portal, you know, for all we know, all of a sudden somebody's going to come out of nowhere, you know, and look at Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. You know what? You're going to plug somebody in and it's going to be, you know what? You're going to all, all of a sudden have your quarterback. That's just the way it is. It's like free agency now. So, but they've got so many pieces coming back. I do think Trevor Keegan's coming back on the offensive line. I think Zach Zinter is very seriously thinking about it. So it sounds like Jermon Green, who was going to go, um, the cornerback, now that DJ Turner has left, he'll probably get some money in an NIL deal and come back. So they're going to have Will Johnson and Jamon Green. Uh, should be an excellent secondary with Mike Sainer still back there again and a couple of safeties who have played a ton of football. So they are ready to make another run. I don't think there's any question about it. Pointing to that Penn State game next year is the big one on the road because they look pretty good. they got some pieces coming back too. But Michigan will be the favorite to win the Big Ten next year. It's crazy. Uh, and Again, your Harbaugh... I don't think he has a couple of weeks to let this fester. I know he has every right to look, but you know he just need to kind of move on and figure it out. And but you know Denver's you know reportedly fifteen twenty million a year. He's going to listen, and maybe this gets another team to you know throw the kitchen sink at him. You know whether it's Indy or Carolina, I think Wilkes could end up keeping that job. I mean, I the Arizona thing is interesting to a point, but Harbaugh doesn't seem like a Fit there. So uh, keep us posted. I'll uh, keep checking in at thewolverine.com, Chris. I will. And I will say this Carolina is not going to be an option for him. Indy might be, per se, the owner uh, would probably have to intervene there and say, this isn't the guy I want, uh, which is certainly possible being given the history there. But I think it's really Indy might be even more likely than Denver at this point. But those are the two I would watch right now. Hardball Watch presented by Chris Ballas and the team from thewolverine.com. Thank you, Chris. My pleasure. All right. Take care, brother. My pleasure. What are you, working at a hotel resort now? My pleasure.
Yeah, Harbaugh and Rodgers, I'm like, oh, I've had it. I really, if Harbaugh was in this room right now, I would, I would say, what are you doing? Make a decision. But, you know, these players now get the transfer. They all leave. You're a coach. Oh, they owe it to the team. Really? Look how many guys just bail on a team. Uh, college football is like the pros now. It is. And Harbaugh, maybe he'll shock us and say tonight or tomorrow he's staying. For sure. Because remember, the the release, the letter from Michigan football last week, those who stay will be champions. Those who leave for Denver may make $20 million a year. That's another part of that statement. <laughs> Matt Charbonneau will get an update on Mel Tucker and this offseason for Michigan State football. Also talk about Izzo and Michigan State basketball. Playing some good ball right now. Charbonneau from the Detroit News will join us next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle and having a winter blast with up to $25,000. Every Saturday in January from 7 to 10 p.m., you can win $1,500 in premium play. Then, at 11 p.m. each week, one lucky player takes home $25,000 cash. That's $160,000 all month long. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. Fish on! The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace with over seven acres of the newest fishing tackle. Fishing boats and fishing trips. Take it from fishing pro Mark Zona. This is the largest pure fishing show in the country. It's the Fishing Boat Show. Buy from dealers who know how to rig them right. Shop fishing tackle only available once a year. Seminars on five stages. Meet guides and lodge owners. The Ultimate Fishing Show, Detroit, January 12th through the 15th. At the Suburban Collection Showplace. It's Christmas for fishermen. Huge here with a reminder that I'll be live this Friday, 3 until 6, statewide from the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit inside Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi on the east side of the state. This is the biggest fishing show in America. Over four football fields of fishing tackle, fishing trips, fishing boats, and also it features like Ultimate, a huge indoor lake, on-the-water seminars daily. Look for the huge show live at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit this Friday, statewide 3 until 6. Are you ready the toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season join the party and come watch the cowboys of the pbr tractor supply company classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at van andel arena january 27th and 28th tickets on sale now at pbr.com or ticketmaster.com the pbr tractor supply company classic at van andel arena january 27th and 28th you're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Hey, 
The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, Michigan State Football and Basketball Insider will join us in a moment. We'll get his thoughts on Mel Tucker's offseason. And Tom Mizzle of Michigan State. Tom seems pretty comfortable right now. I think he likes where his team's at. He has depth. He has size. Get Malik Hall. Aiken's totally healthy. Big Ten looks... I, I don't, who's the best? Purdue? They lost at Rutgers. Seriously. Who, who's a Big Ten team that you fear coming to your building and they're going to beat you? Indiana's a train wreck with Woodson. That guy just can't coach. I'm sorry. He is a horrible basketball coach. Uh, Purdue with their size, but I don't know if they have enough guard play and shooters. You know, who's the best team when you look at the Big Ten in hoops? I guess I'd go Purdue by default. You know, Maryland rolled into Michigan a week ago Sunday. They they lose by 40. I mean, I, I think Izzo has that comfortable look that, okay, I'm not going to say Michigan State wins it. But he has that look of, we can do some damage. Let's go talk to Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, Michigan State insider. He's standing by, get his thoughts on Mel Tucker's offseason and football in a moment. But uh, when you look at the Big Ten right now, what I was just kind of going back and forth in my mind on air, Matt, that... Purdue, yes. Uh, tell me another team that, okay, they're coming to the Breslin, and Tom would be really concerned outside of Purdue that they're going to get you in the Big um, Ten right now. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if it's that there's a team you're concerned is going to get you. It's more that there's not a team that you're like, well, mark this down as a win uh, outside of maybe Minnesota right now, and they've played a little better. I just, I just to me, there's – just no separation in these teams right now. I mean, you mentioned Maryland were just got awful one night, but then, you know, beat Ohio State. So I I don't remember it being this tight in a long time. Usually you got a few teams kind of separate. And I guess right now by default, like you mentioned, I'd give it to Purdue. Because, um, you know, they lose at home to Rutgers, and Rutgers is a good team. But, you know, they bounce back and win two games on the road. Um so I think I'd probably still err toward them right now. But I don't think any team, if you're in the Big Ten, like scares you or freaks you out. But there's just no gimmies in the conference this year. That's what I was saying. Because look at two of the teams that were up there as preseason favorites. Indiana and Illinois are 1-2 and two and 1-3 and three respectively right near Minnesota at the bottom of the Big Ten. I know it's early. We're only into the second week. Of January and teams like Northwestern at three and one, I doubt they hang around uh, all year. But I, I do look at Michigan State and what they did to Michigan defensively. Uh, both teams didn't shoot well. Uh, I, I agree with you on Purdue, uh, Wisconsin always tough at home. I don't think they're a Big Ten title contender. Rutgers is three and two. Yeah, go go all the. You, you have Nebraska at two and three, and then Indiana and Illinois are after them. So I, I do like where Michigan State is at, though, if I'm Izzo, especially after 
the defense they played against Michigan State and the options and the depth uh, he has. He he has that comfortable look. Would you agree? Yeah, and they, they've got the other thing that in college basketball you win with good guard play more often, and they've got they've got good guard play. They've got experienced guard play. Um, you know, no one shot great the other day, but Tyson Walker has been shooting so well. AJ Hoger just I, I think every night out becomes more and more that that time is no point guard that we've become used to seeing. Uh, Jay Nakins looks like he's a hundred percent now. I, I just think with guard play like that, they're going to be in every game they play, especially with the defense you mentioned as well. Now the shooting's been hasn't been as great the last couple of games, but Joey Hauser's played so well this year. Um, there's always going to be questions at that center spot. I just think though, with that guard play with Malik Hall coming back, it, it's there, there's no night where you're not you're going to think they they don't have a shot tonight. So it's. You're, you're right. It's hard to say exactly where they end up, but you got to feel pretty good about the spot they're in now with everyone kind of getting close to 100% on this roster. you got to feel good about it. Now, Michigan State at Wisconsin uh, coming up tonight. That will be uh, one of those games where if State can get that W on the road, I think they'll go back in to the top 25 and be a true contender uh, for the Big Ten title. Uh, moving away from Izzo and state basketball, what's this offseason been like so far for Mel Tucker? How would you grade it? I, I mean, I, I graded around uh, probably a B. I mean, the, the recruiting class, you certainly had some decommits in there, but it's still, you know, what, nine, ten, four-star guys. They hit some positions in need when you when you throw in the portal as well with some, you know, some high-talented defensive linemen, defensive end, edge-type guys. They've, they've lost a little experience there, but I think they brought in, in more talent, and, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, and, and we'll see how it plays out here the next few weeks before the next signing period. And it, with the portal now, it's, it's like you're never done, right? You always wonder who's the next guy to leave or who's coming in. But, um, you know, the, those are positions they needed some help at, uh, making sure a guy like Jacoby Winman's coming back at linebacker. I think that those are all positives for this team. So we'll see what spring brings. But I, but I like the class they brought in, some, some impact transfers. So, We'll see. I'd have to grade it about a B right now, and then we'll see how it plays out on the field. Speaking of on the field, uh, Tate Halleck's next field will be down in Kalamazoo. He, he left Michigan State, went to the portal, announced, I think, yesterday he was going to Western. I'm telling you uh, how Michigan State never thought that kid could help them at safety. Uh, um, he's one of the best high school athletes I've ever seen uh, in West Michigan. I think he'll do well uh, at Western. Uh, Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News. You can follow him uh, on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, deadnews.com. He follows Michigan State uh, basketball and football. Sharby, thanks for the update, my man. You got a huge anytime, man. All right, Matt Charbonneau, check it in on the Meyer Guest Sign. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with Michigan State University Athletics. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. The best vacations are RV vacations. Let's go somewhere. The Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place is back. It's the biggest RV show in the state with the best RV deals. See over 300 RVs, luxurious motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, and ultralights, RV accessories and services, hundreds of camping destinations, Alaska RV and seminars, and more. That's January 12th through 15th, DeVos Place. Buy your tickets at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. Huge. 
here reminding everybody across Michigan to check out the biggest RV show in the state this weekend, the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place. It runs Thursday through Sunday. Get your tickets now at GrandRapidsRVShow.com. You can check out over 300 RVs on site at DeVos Place this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. It's the Grand Rapids Camper Travel and RV Show at DeVos Place in downtown GR. Get your tickets now at Grand Rapids RV show.com. Whether it's jackpots or colors of the rainbow, seven's a special number. At Meyer, it's no different. Get more for your money with seven for seven dollars, no luck required. Mix or match specially marked items. Buy seven or more and get each for only a dollar. From Meyer Instant Oatmeal and Meyer Pasta Sauce to Meyer Facial Tissue, there's so many ways to seven for seven dollars. Plus, California Sweet Seedless Mandarins, just $2.99 for a three-pound bag. And shop the same low Meyer prices in-store and online. Exclusion supply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Tuesdays are presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also follow them on Facebook and on Twitter. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us coming up in a few minutes. Get an update on Harbaugh Watch 2023. His thoughts on what Michigan would have done against Georgia last night. Now, our Bud Light huge question of the day, do you think Harbaugh is leaving or staying? I go back and forth on this like every other day. You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook, all of our social network interaction presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They're at home tonight, tip off a little after 7 p.m. At Van Andel Arena in downtown GR, Denzel Valentine in Maine taking on the gold. 
It's a BOGO Tuesday. Buy one ticket, get one free. Get your tickets at the Van Andel Arena box office, Ticketmaster.com. Denzel Valentine, former Michigan State star, in town tonight with Maine as they take on the Grand Rapids Gold at Van Andel Arena in downtown Grand Rapids. Yeah, so our Bud Light huge question of the day, Harbaugh, Stan, or leaving? I was at like 90% Friday. I'm at like 50-50 right now. I answer that question, I went 866-838-4843. Also, live broadcast reminder on Friday, 3 until 6, I'm at the Ultimate Fishing Show Detroit Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi, 3 until 6. This is one of the biggest fishing shows in the Midwest, if not the country. And look for the huge show on Friday, 3 until 6. The show runs Thursday through Sunday in Novi at the Suburban Collection Showplace. If you miss any of our interviews, ours, full shows, our podcast are free. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcast. Big. Bad. Huge.